this isn't a food podcast. This is, of course, the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Joe Gill along with me. Uh, and, of course, the hot topic am- amongst Bruins fans and within the media in the Boston area uh, when it comes to the Boston Bruins right now is David Pasta Parstenek. So, hence the intro song there. Um, but we're not going to talk about recipes right now. We're going to talk about... All things David Parsonick, all things Boston Bruins, and honored to bring on right now a Hall of Fame hockey writer. You know him from the Boston Globe. He's a friend and colleague of mine. Join us right now is Kevin Paul Dupont. Dupes, how are you? Doing great, Jimmy. Joe, how are you guys doing? Doing well, Kevin. Doing well. Glad to have you on. My pleasure. So, Dupes, let's get right into it here. The Bruins, once again... And I mean, this has been going on for longer than a decade, really, uh, in the salary cap era, are, are once again in a contract stalemate with a young rising star. This time is 20-year-old David Pasnick. Where did the Bruins go wrong with the sauce on pasta? Well, I, I think they made two big mistakes here with, with the Bacchus and uh, Bolesky deals in terms of overspending for guys and, and, and not getting... And, and I'm not justifying it. I'm just trying to get flesh out the picture a little bit here. Uh, so I think, I think Don Sweeney goes into this summer or went into this summer because we're well into it now, aren't we? But, uh, you know, they, he didn't do anything this July 1st of any note. They didn't, they didn't go out and spend millions. And, and, and frankly, based on how he spent with Bolesky and Bacchus, it's probably a good, good thing he didn't. So they're ratcheting down. Uh, it, it got out of hand by, in my estimation with the way, uh, Shirelli gave out deals. Um, and, uh, Don Sweeney is, is, uh, considerably more conservative. I, I do believe pastor Knack's going to get his money. I think he'll get good money. Uh, after that dry sidle deal today, uh, all of a sudden it's virtually guaranteed he'll get his money. This question is how many years and how much. So, I, I was hoping maybe they'd come to a two-year bridge deal after seeing this deal today. I don't think that's in the realm of possibility. I think you're going to see Pasternak will get six or seven years, and he'll get, I think, minimum six million dollars. Uh, I don't, I don't think they'll do it easily. I think they'll grind away at this. Uh, it's, it's a little different here in, in Pasternak's case because he is not our eligible. They, they can squeeze them if they want to. I don't think they do want to. But, of course, they can squeeze them right, right to December 1st and make them decide, does he want to kiss away the entire year per the CBA, or does he want to sign for whatever they've got on the table as of December 1st? But I, I truly believe, based on stuff you've said here, you know they have spent to the cap for a very long time here. Their problem is they haven't spent well to the cap. You know They've, they've given out some bad deals. Oh, yes. Uh, and and in part, those bad deals now are impacting David Pasternak. He doesn't like that. I'm sure I wouldn't. But, you know, they've there's 10 million bucks tied up in Bolesky and Bacchus. I've written off Bolesky entirely. Uh, I didn't see much the first year when people were satisfied with him. And Bacchus, you know what? It was a gentleman C at best. Uh, I think he can bring more. Uh, obviously he can uh that that's going to be the challenge here for Cassidy and 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 whatever kind of energy these kids bring yeah, i think you're going to see a handful of kids come in here at forward 
and maybe that maybe that re-energizes Bacchus. Jimmy, can I ask a quick question to Kevin? Uh, so, Kevin, as you know by the, the history of the team, and since you know the last what 15, 20 years or so, uh, talented guys like Mr. You know uh, Joe Thornton, Sagan, Kessel. I know a little kind of different, but they're all you know all very talented. All probably going to get paid at one point or the other, but they just didn't want to you know wait for it to actually come you know blossom. Where they just gave up on them too early. I believe Kessel and Sagan were both gone after three years. Uh, do you, is this a, like a pattern or is this, you know, you know, I, I, what's your take on this? Well, actually most of those guys did get their money. Thornton had just signed for three years, 20 millions okay. and had a big fresh new deal. Uh, Kessel was the only one who couldn't come to terms. Uh, the one you left off your list, Dougie Hamilton, they gave him actually a little better, but offered him a little better than he settled for in uh, Calgary. So again, it it isn't necessarily the money that's been the sticking point. It's it's been well, there. I guess to some degrees, they're all unique cases. Kessel right. basically forced the trade. I don't think Kessel wanted to be here either. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of style and playing for Julian, so he forced his deal. Uh, Sagan certainly didn't, but they didn't like his act for various right. reasons. They didn't like his lifestyle. Joe was a was a was a frustrating a, a trade out of frustration by Mike O'Connell and certainly mm-hmm. didn't get market value, so they're all kind of different. I, the disappointing thing from a fan standpoint is to see uh-huh. prime young talent ages. Joe was a little older. Joe had played six or seven years, so Joe was twenty four, twenty five. Mm-hmm. But the group we've just talked about, they're all you know young to mid twenties max. Right. Uh, lots of years in front of them. Kessel's gone on here and won a couple of cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sagan's got a got a unique talent in terms of speed, breakaway skill. So th- those are those are hard ones for fans to uh, accept, particularly when the returns are soft to meaningless. Uh, I mean, if they got good returns on any of those guys. I mean, I think people probably you know forget what happened, right? But they got nothing. Yeah, I forget the three guys. JFK is one, uh, Sanishin is another, and I think Lausanne are the three guys they got for Dougie Hamilton. So all of them are in the mix. Right. Uh, and which is which is also to say none of them could ever be seen. <laughs> True. So, uh, but there, there is a chance that one comes in for them. On the same yeah. hand, to give them their druthers here, that was a kid who openly stated he didn't want to play here anymore. Yeah. Uh, and and frankly, that in my mind, that does connect to what's currently going on with Pasternak. Pasternak mm-hmm. is not saying that. Pasternak is saying what all what everybody says. They want their money. Uh, but I do believe, you know, they could have played the hardball angle with Hamilton and said, "Well, that's too bad, but mm-hmm. we have your rights. You're not our eligible. We can take you right up to December first, and then you can decide if you want to play or not." And, and frankly, we know what would have happened. He would have signed, and then. Yeah. Had they signed him at a at, at a decent dollar, then their leverage to trade him would have been far better in my in my estimation. That they, they could have ginned up the market, gone out with the guy who many people believe is an elite number one defenseman. Personally, I I, I don't agree with that. I don't but agree. He's he's putting up some numbers right now. Had he been under control with a five or six year deal, I think he could have made a better deal for Dougie Hamilton. Dupes, I mean, as we stated here, there's, there's a lot of factors that have gone on, right, uh, with Pasternak and, and with other young rising stars uh, in the course of their history. 
But one of the common threads I always see has really been emotions and knee-jerk reactions. Whether that's from the owner, whether that's from the GM, whether that's from the fan base, whether that's from the media. It's, it seems like emotions are allowed to play too much of a role in the decision-making when it comes to situations like this. And furthermore, I think it affects the return they get and the way they evaluate the potential trades they can make and not allowing themselves to really gauge a market there and see what's out there. It's just emotions, boom, they make the deal, and here we go. Your thoughts on that? Uh it's it's certainly in the in, in it's part of part of that porridge, uh, and again, I, I I think you have to look at them each case uniquely. Um, why why were they there with Joe? I, I think there's a lot of reasons they were there with Joe. Uh, paid him a lot of money. Yeah, paid him paid him a lot of money. Um, you know, went zero 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 in the seven games against Montreal. Uh, uh, it wasn't a, you know, it was a franchise that was kind of floating around there. So, uh, that, that one, that again, in retrospect, in terms of what they got back, uh, they did, they didn't get anywhere near fair value. Um, I, I you know, my belief Kessel wanted out forced the trade. Uh, you know, that, I think that, I think that's more on him than them. I think it's more on Hamilton than them. So it, it's, Sagan, Sagan, Sagan was an immature kid. I think they overreacted to that, um, and uh, and that said, we we never know the entire story. But no. you know, my my belief in that is that they they did overreact, uh, and. Uh, you know, it's you almost get into a parenting situation. What 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 happens here, though, and I've seen this before with other players too, is comes in, he is talented. You hand him the whack of money. All of a sudden, I think as the the owner slash manager slash coach, you're saying, and now I have to babysit him too. Right. And I I I think that ends up being a uh, an irritant in these things. And and there's no question he was immature. No question about that. Uh, if you remember, in short order, he made some. If, if I remember correctly, uh, on his on his Twitter account, soon after oh, he got yes. into Dallas, mm-hmm. made some homo- homophobic remark where he had to shut down Twitter for a while. And, no, so again, these kids are eighteen, nineteen, sometimes not even twenty, and and they right. they make some stupid decisions. Uh, he 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 clearly had made some lifestyle uh, mistakes here, and that that set it in in motion again though if you're going to trade that talent you, you, you do better than louis erickson i totally agree with everything you're saying dupes and, and what you said before joe and all that and you know I, I i think you're right each case is unique but i'm gonna go back to this knee-jerk reaction thing and dupes you probably know the story martin lapointe uh heading into 2001-02 season free agent and the Bruins throw the bank at him and completely overpay for the player on the ice. Of course, he turned out to be a great leader, served as a mentor to Patrice Bergeron, as well as a billet parent. But, I mean, let's be real here. That was an overpayment, and it was a result 
of emotions from Jeremy Jacobs, as the story goes, and Mike Illich, God bless him, the late Red Wings owner, Mr. I, uh, getting into a huge blowout in a governor's meeting, and they really went at it, and Jacobs ordered Mike O'Connell to do whatever necessary to sign LaPointe and, and stick it to Illich in the Red Wings. So, I mean, can we argue this? I mean, dupes, it does play a role, right? And I'm sure you've heard that story. Yeah, so I, I, I've been told the same story, and I have no reason to believe it isn't true. Uh, and, you know, that one, that's a rarity because, frankly, Jeremy Jacobs doesn't know if the puck is stuffed or puffed. So, and, and, and you know, and, and no matter what he says, he's a businessman. That's what he does. And he's, and he's, he's done very well selling, uh, you know, uh, 10 cent Cokes for three, $3 and 50 cents. I mean, we, right. we should, we should all have that business model, but that said, right. uh, he's built it. It's a very successful company, but he doesn't know hockey. He's never known hockey. And he was, he was really blessed to have Harry Sinden running the show. And, and, and frankly, part of that equation is everyone, everyone beating their chest here for decades now saying, oh, that, that cheap screw Jeremy Jacobs. And it, it really, the, the guidance from Buffalo and, and Jeremy Jacobs in terms of spending the money was minimal. A lot of that was just Harry Sinden's nature. Uh, you know, never, never met a fight he didn't like. Certainly had a, 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 a belief in how not to pay players. And that, that, that set the tone. That wasn't Jacobs. That was Harry. And, and that said, Harry made Jacobs a lot of money because you couldn't do that in every town, but the hockey loyalty in Boston among the fandom, as you guys well know, is uh, long and rich and it didn't change. You know, it, 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 it didn't change from a uh, direction in terms of financial direction here until finally the season ticket base had withered till about, I don't know, five, six, 7,000. And that really was the frustration that led to the Joe trade and led to finally the move away from Harry Sinden and Mike O'Connell and, and bringing in Peter Shirelli. Because when the, when the season ticket base finally craved and it wasn't the money-making machine, something had to change. And indeed, Jacobs did throw Sinden under the bus uh, O'Connell got fired, and they started the new era here with with uh, Shirelli and uh, and uh, Chara and Mark Savard. Yeah, yeah, and then a year later when they got rid of Louis, yeah, with Julian. Guys, we touched on the Drysdale uh, contract a couple times here, and Dupes, I forgot to ask you earlier. I mean, uh, did you get did you get another email from Don Sweeney uh, after the Drysdale contract? No, I haven't. No, I was talking to Fluto mm-hmm. today though, and then. Pluto, uh, Pluto certainly, is, you know, this is my partner, of course, Pluto Shinzawa on the beat. Pluto, I both have the belief here that now that that's come in at eight years, eight and a half, that, that, uh, Pasternak will, will have, they'll, they'll have to come up with that money. Now, whether that's seven years at seven or six at 6.8 or whatever it is, but, uh, that's the matter. They, they are very comparable to players and, you know, the other kids are center and, and Pasta's a winger, but, uh, they're, they're going to have to pay it. I suppose they've known that all along. I think they've been willing to go to six million over long term, but now this is this is pushing it another, you know, at least ten percent, but maybe up to thirty percent or more. Dupes, uh, look, I know you're tight on time. Uh, awesome stuff today, as always, and uh, 
We love your work, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us here. Uh, Joe Gill and myself on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Uh, we'll see you around the ranks, all right, my friend? Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Joe. And enjoy the rest of your summer, and we'll see you at camp. And, Joe, I, you know, what a great interview there with Dupes. I mean, uh, Hall of Fame hockey writer, like we said, and uh, just obviously knows his stuff. And I, I agree with a lot of things he said there. Um, I, I still, I'm going to keep bringing it up, and I know I'm repeating myself throughout this whole show, is I think there's a major uh, sort of emotional knee-jerk reaction issue with this Bruins organization for a long time. I just think that they, whether it's Harry Sinnon, Mike O'Connell, Peter Chiarelli, Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, Jeremy Jacobs, Charlie Jacobs, you know, whoever, like, making the decisions... They let it get too personal or they let it rub them the wrong way a little too much and don't necessarily rationalize and they get forced into deals. And and I think that was sort of – that was a common thread throughout the conversation with Dukes. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean just uh, – yeah, they get they hit the panic button. They don't check the, uh, you know, the market. But no, to your, to your point, I mean um, who knows? It could be even karma too because they, they, they have a lot of good trades that they fleece people with, you know, the uh, – Espositos, the uh, you know the, um, the the Neelys and all that stuff. So maybe Commerce coming back to buy them. But yeah, they just have some bad, really bad trades. And even you know talking about Bork's trade, that was another horrible trade too. You know what I mean? Just didn't get any uh, didn't get any return at all. So I mean, they they've definitely been on the wrong side of a lot of trades lately. So yeah, I mean the Bork thing, I kind of to me that's sort of an exception for uh, for this patent we're discussing here or this this common thread, so to speak. Well, because the he's board, not a young player, right? But well, I mean, not, not even that. Not even that. I, I, I actually applaud Harry Sinnon. And, and, and let's not forget, Brian Ralston actually did pretty well here in Boston. He, he turned out to be a pretty, you know, good, serviceable player and a, and a big leader in that core from, you know, basically the 01, 02 to, uh, you know, right, at, uh, right before they let him walk in, that, in the 2005 lockout. But... I look at that. Don't you don't you think they did that? That was more of a favor to Ray Bork. That was like, look, man, we admit it, we're cheap. We're not gonna do what you need (laughs) us to do to get you to cup. And you know what? God bless you. Go get it. And you want to come back to City Hall? We will welcome you with open arms. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you know, and like I I don't think the Bruins necessarily took insult to that. And I, you know what I I really hate when like some Bruins fans get all anal at Bork about that. It's like. Really? I like. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? It's, yeah, whatever. It's not I, like he went I, to the Montreal Canadiens. You oh, know, I, I mean, he went to the Colorado Avalanche, who at that point had really nothing to do with the Boston Bruins. This is really he. He was the first, so to speak, uh, connection between the Avalanche and the Bruins. I mean, yes, they used to be the Nordiques, but still, I never hated the Nordiques like I hate the Canadians. I mean, it's a whole different element. So. I don't know. I, I, I ramble. I digress. But, you know, I, I think, Joe, it's going to be interesting. As Dupes re, uh, said during that interview, you know, uh, his colleague Fluto Shinsauer is saying they're going to have to match Drysdale, but, you know, maybe they can equal it out with less years or maybe they equal it out with more years and less money. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but the one thing I worry about, Joe is the is the agent, and and we discussed the uh, the Dougie Hamilton situation here, where Dougie uh, forced 
Don Sweeney's hand and Cam Neely's hand, and, you know, said, I want out and that's it, whatever. They got the best they could. Um, still think they could have done better, but He's whatever. I'm sorry. But my point is, I'm worried about the fact they have the same agent. Yeah, yeah. I, you oh, know, I, I, I think that's playing a role right now, as well as what we've discussed on this podcast before. I really, really think the bonuses are playing a role because, as I pointed out, and I, I pointed out earlier, it, it's, these are bonuses that if David Pasenek achieves these bonuses before what we all expect, and it's it's like a 90% guarantee is going to be another lockout or work stop. They have to honor those bonuses. And that... That is going to be tough. I can't see Jeremy Jacobs swallowing that. And I think that's what the holdup is. I think there is a little bad blood between J.P. Barry and Bruins management. But I think the biggest holdup is the damn bonuses. And it's going to be interesting to see how they work that element of the contract out. I think they work this contract out. I think it might go, though, till the end of training camp. I think he uh-huh. holds out. Yep. But it's going to be really interesting, don't you think? Uh yeah, 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 and I, you know, I think uh, JJ's a, a spitter more than a, you know. Uh, anyway, I, I had to go off that, uh, you know, that play of words you had. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think the Bruins have to, you know, give the screws to the players as usual, give the screw to the fans. You know, nothing's easy. Like I said, this team is like trending towards uh, the needles going the right direction in the first time in three to four years, and now we got to deal with this garbage. The, the elite talent that he is, the natural goal scorer. I mean. I mean, I, he's got more natural talent than Marshawn. Marshawn's a mucker. I mean, he can—he got—he's a snipe too, but he's definitely got—you know—he's he, done more with less, right? Pasternak's like the whole deal. So, yeah, you know, uh, let's not get this kid who's—you uh, know—really excelled his three years. Like uh, I said last year, he really dedicated himself, working out. He didn't go back to the Czech Republic. He stayed here. He got his stuff together. He's better on the puck than he was in the past. You know, I see—I hear people still blasting him because of his turnovers. I mean, granted, the kid is still 20 years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's more of an offensive guy. But, um, I mean, what a way to repay, repay the guy for really putting in the effort and stuff like that. I know it's his job. I get it. But, well, you know, let, let, let's have let's have this uh, thing drag out until September, right before the opener in October. You it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Bruins. Like, ah. Montreal, typical Bruins. I know. I know. It's interesting, though. Dupes wasn't necessarily saying it's typical Bruins. He was saying more it's. And, and and this is I do agree with him. I think there's a combination of typical Bruins going on, and welcome to the cap world. And you know people can blame Peter Chiarelli for signing Drysdale to that deal, and that's why Pasternak isn't signed all they want. But no, I, I mean Peter Chiarelli's got to worry about his own team. He's not worried about the Bruins. He didn't sign Drysdale to that deal to screw the Bruins. He could. I don't know. He could. No, I know. I'm telling you, he's dude. I mean, really, do you and I do our job? based on the fact that we want to screw somebody over? No. We do our job. We do this podcast because we got to do it, and that's it. And we love it, and that's it. He's, he could care less about the Boston Bruins. And I think people need to start caring less about him and blaming everything on him. And I know I go into this over and over, but get over it, people. Why don't we, like, talk some facts here? And the facts are, this is typical Bruins like you said, Joe, and this is also the reality of the cat world and an impending lockout. And... But the thing is, it really goes back to typical Bruins because who's behind the lockout? Who's behind the salary cap? 
Jeremy I mean, I, I really think that you, Peter Shirelli, and uh, Claude all have gone out with your feety pajamas and had Sundays together because I'm pretty sure because you, you know, you defend those guys to like they said during okay. the NHL lockout. The but do you week. do you really think the fact that David Pasternak's not signed is because Peter Shirelli has a vendetta against them? Do you no, really believe he, that? No, I mean, they, I heard uh, I heard recently. I mean, they made a good point that Shirelli's basically screwing over every GM <laughs> with, with with what he's doing. So uh, I I. He's driving the market. He's driving the market. I mean, he's just... He didn't drive the market. He ended up long-term deals. Did he drive the market or did did Drysettle drive the market? Well, did Pasternak have more goals than he did? Pasternak was a little bit better than him. I mean, he's not a center, but... You know, I, I like I said, I, I think uh, Shirley's back to his old ways. He's going to be giving out no-trade clauses like uh, Candy Shirley. And that well, team really, will be... I don't know. He did not give a no-trade clause out, but, you know, I look... Bottom line is, we can be as frustrated as we want, but let's look at the facts. He has nothing to do with the David Pasternak negotiations. Did he? Did him and Drysdale set a bar? Yes, they did. That's the way the market goes. So let me ask you something else. If Peter Shirelli wasn't the uh, GM of the Edmonton Oilers, and whoever the GM was signed him to the same deal, would you be blaming that GM? Now, I try to find a way to uh, do a, uh, you know, a dotted line to Peter Shirelli and blame him. Exactly. Peter Shirelli <laughs> was sitting in a strip club, and somehow he's to blame. Uh, he's wallowing in his sorrows. He's not an NHL GM anymore, but he's sitting in a strip club, and he is the main reason that David Pasternak is – like, that's what I'm trying to say. This is a – it's really a, a pointless Dude, argument. I, you know, I almost cut my finger off last month, and I blame Peter Shirelli. So, exactly. I mean, everything I blame him for. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for proving my point, my friend. Shirelli, Shirelli, come on, dude. You put the team in cap hell. You sold your soul to win them a cup, and we all said that was worth it again. See, that's where I don't get why Bruins are so pissed. I'm fine with selling my soul to win a cup. When you when you grow up around Boston and you're a hockey guy and, and you don't win a cup for your whole life, basically, and then they win it, I don't care what the hell they had to do. They won it. And you know what? If not for you know Chris Kelly missing an open net and oh god please and God. and, and, the, and the Blackhawks being the Blackhawks, well then you know they win two cups and I wonder what yeah I I, it'd be to. an interesting thing like I saw Yahoo was doing these what if columns recently I don't know if you saw oh you saw the survive one that was a great one yeah so it's like I mean what if the Bruins beat the Blackhawks do we, do the people around Boston really trash Julian and Chiarelli as much as they do. Like if that if that happened, I don't think they do. I really. No, don't. I think they put up. I think they put up statues of those two guys next to Bobby Orr, and I'm sure they will all offend somebody and they'll have to take them down. Right. So. Exactly. Anyhow, listen. Um, you know what? This was a great uh, podcast. We're getting better as we go, Joe. I really, I love doing this, my friend. And um, it was yeah, awesome. To have, it was awesome to have dupes on. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Like I told you, I'm a major fanboy. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, his calms got me. Uh, they got me through many a visits on the throne, if you know what I mean, back when I was a kid. So, uh, there you go. Oh, yeah, I read them all. Yeah, read them all the time. And, a little like, more information than everyone it. needed to know, but there we go. Uh, that's what we do on the Bruins beat. Hey, Joe, uh, we're going to send it out here with a little a biggie. Uh, the Biggest. Notorious B.I.G. and Mo Money, Mo Problems, because that's what the Bruins have. So, he's Joe Gill. I'm Jimmy Murphy. This is the Bruins beat on CLNS Media. We'll talk to you next week. P-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, no info for the DEA, federal agents mad cause I'm flagrant, tap myself, and the phone in the basement, my team supreme, stay clean, triple beam, never dream, I'll be that, catch a seat at all events, bent, send host
Lakers, girls on shoulders, play what? I told ya, me and Mike to me, bruise too much, I lose too much. Step on stage, the girls boo too much. I guess it's cause you run with lame dudes too much. Me lose my touch, never that. If I did, ain't no problem to get the where the true players at. Throw your rollies in the sky, wave them side to side, and keep your hands high. While I give your girl an eye, play it please, lyrically. B.I.G.B. flossing, jig on the cover of Fortune, 500, it's my phone number, your man ain't got the know, I got the dough, got the flow down, pizzack, black and plus, like zizzack, dangerous, on Trizak, D.O.S.